Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Asul Thronas. Welcome back to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I'm so excited today to have a dear friend and a fellow author, Jason Martin, here. Not only is he an author of an amazing book, which we're going to talk about today, but he's also spent time as a sports newscaster. He's also the owner of a brokerage that does real estate. He's done lots of things, worn many hats, and he's here to talk to us today about the power of writing a book that becomes a legacy. I'm so thrilled to have him here. Jason, welcome to the show. Oh, man. I love your introduction. We can just end it right there. Like I, I'm excited to be here. So thank you yeah. for having me. Right. I remember when we first met, it was, I think, maybe it's December 2019. It was, and because we, we started to talk about this idea of a book you wanted to write, and we didn't know each other, and we were getting to know one another. One of the things I learned about you, Jason, early on was this idea of kind of leaving something behind for your kids, like some way to know how you got here, you know, and not waiting till you were older in life and waiting to for them to grow up. You wanted to write something that they could hang on to now. Let's talk about that first call when we talked about your book idea and you had some ideas of what did you want to write about and what you were hoping to achieve then. And then we'll fast forward through the journey you had writing this particular book. Yeah, it was... It was interesting that the first few calls we had, I think I shared a lot of information with you very, very quickly. You were easy to trust us all. So thank you. And it took, a, you'll know this, but for those listening, it took like three different turns to get to the book that you have today. And the original intent was just to get it to my family and give, give them the legacy. And then somehow I got a little off track and decided it needed to be a business book. And then thanks to, to some of the folks that you work closely with, they said, wait a second. The sweet spot of the book is where you talk about your family. If you can rewrite it, it which would hurt, by the way, that hurt badly because the first edition was done. <laughs> and then the uh, content editor, Ann Maynard, who I appreciate so much, said, if you can rewrite it from that lens, I think you have something and that your family will cherish. Mm. And I took that advice to heart and I only... Every chapter is just written exactly from my heart. And when you do it like that, I don't think, and you are good as well at, at making sure I understood this, you don't have to be an author. You don't have to be a writer. And you were constantly reminding me, just let it flow from the heart. And the other pieces will craft it in a way, we'll get the chapters organized, we'll have it properly edited. And what I did is I just fully trusted that process. And the end result is, I have a, a legacy for my family that I get to share with them. And, and when the kids opened the book the other night, opened the box with the books in it, my two kids read it in like 24 to 48 hours. It doesn't take long to read anyway, but they ripped through it and we talked about it. And I literally got to experience some of the things I want them to know about life get absorbed by, by them reading the book. So it's been so amazing. And, and I, I just... This experience has been so awesome. I, I start to wonder, like, do more people want to have a conversation about a living legacy and not waiting until we're dead and hoping that what we want to share with the world gets put out there? Like, 
what if we could have more conversations about creative ways to do it now while you're full of life, while you're in the cycle of life, like while my kids are the twins are 13 and the youngest is nine, like this is the time where they, they'll, if I can find the right way, the right form of communication, they'll absorb what I want to put out there for them, what, what I want them to know about me and, and for their, for the life. I don't know if any of that makes any sense, but that's, that's where we went. No, that's amazing. Your book, this is your captain speaking life lessons from the journey so far. So clearly that a letter, a, a homage to your family, to the people you love, but what more importantly than just being, you know, this amazing book that you've written for your family, it serves for others out there who are parents or have people they cherish to leave them something important. You had told me that one of the things you had that you brought to this writing experience was that you are a journaler. You journal consistently. And, and we talked about the fact that you can't just write a journal. It won't translate. It's reading someone's journal is somewhat voyeuristic, but isn't really as interesting. But you captured that spirit that I think you talked about and seeing is that she described it in a way that it was just so beautiful, the way you talked about your children, the way you were so endearing. She used the word gorgeous. And that's what we both saw. We're like, gosh, if he writes the book, the rest of the book like this, he is going to really have something here. And though it isn't a business book, what we discovered, what I'd learned from you is that you don't separate your business life from your, your father life, your, your husband life, your, your speaker life. You want it to feel and connect the same. And you wanted your children to understand that and also the people that you serve and care about. Tell us a little about the book you thought you were going to write that was a business book and why that was important to you and maybe still is, but, but why this pivot happened. And though painful, you talked about it being painful. I remember it was yep. a little bit of like, well, let's see if he actually emails me back or calls me back because man, you're not the only one. Anybody author out there that's worked with me who's had wrote a manuscript and had to start again, all the way from the first clients I've had like Pat Flynn or to those of you who are writing books now know what it feels like to write a book and then have to start over. I know because I'm doing that in this very moment. Tell us about the book that you were going to write, but we're sort of persuaded or inspired to actually focus on this book now. This is your captain speaking. Yeah. So I run a, a business. I run a real estate team in, in Washington, D.C. and have been in the business world for, for a very, very long time. And the natural instinct was to, to write a book catered to a business community. And we've done over $700 million in sales in, in my career and we sell a home every other day. And so like, I wanted to write the business component of it and, and I wanted to be an author and I wanted to be a writer and I wanted it to be so good. I wanted all of those things desperately. And part of the writing journey is you just have to get everything out. And you, you taught me this, so I'm grateful for that. You let me write this thing probably knowing damn well what was about to happen to me. And as, as we talk about being a father or mother or parent, and we can all relate, sometimes you got to let those that are close to you kind of do their thing and fail. And you let me do that. And I'm so grateful for that because I needed to get that out just to understand that the cadence, the rhythm, the daily commitment of writing, like it was a huge accomplishment writing my first book. And I was so excited to hand it over. And I think you and I talked about it. I had this, this vision of a book release party and I knew what I was going to say and, and was ready to roll out. And then that just wasn't the strength of it at all. So 
the gut punch. And we, we actually, we talk about it in the book. Like the, the journey of writing this book is in this book. <laughs> the gut punch of the journey, it hurt. But the end result is I wrote two books and one from my heart and one that I thought I needed to write as a business professional, which I don't. And the funny thing is, is oh, this is for my family, but I'm already applying it in the business world. Mm. And, and I'm applying the lessons to everybody around me. So you just have to be authentic and let it flow. And I think you mentioned it, it happens a lot of times where the first time isn't the time, but you have to go through that. And I don't know too many people who are good at things their first time around. Right. It's an unreal expectation that your first book will one be amazing Hemingway, you know, Daniel Pink style book. That's a, an unrealistic expectation. Number two, how do you know you're going to be good at something you've never done it? It's not, we wouldn't do that to our children or anybody else we love. Like, hey, you're going to be perfect when you're done. But, you know, we set high standards. We think we're go getters. We're hardworking. We should be able to do it. And I, I just let people live in that. And I don't try to tell them they can't or they shouldn't. Because does it happen sometimes? People had it out of the park their first book. Uh huh. I'm not saying right. it doesn't. It's, it, sure. it definitely happens. But it's like maybe we'll use a real estate reference. It's like having an agent go, yeah, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to sell a million this year. You're like, uh huh. Yeah. I hope you do. Right. Yeah. But if you want to be good, stick at it. Just follow. You know what I mean? It's like you don't want to discourage people, but you also, you've been through it. You understand that there's a reality to it. Yeah. What was the, let's talk about two things. So those people listening, because I want people to understand. So when, when you finish a manuscript, you did it in the, timetable I gave you. You stuck to it. You wrote it. You yep. hung in there. You 30 days later, you go, I have a I have a manuscript. I have finished the book. What were the things that would get in your way? And what were the things that kept you on track? Because my expectation when we're writing, hey, I want you to write an hour a day to get this book done in 30 days. What was the thing that helped you stay focused? And what was your sort of inner sabotage or the thing that kind of the resistance that got in the way? Yeah. The the thing that helped me the most, and you and I talked about it was the 30-day commitment or the 30-day sprint or whatever anybody wants to call it, where for 30 days, we're going to write. And I think that was tremendous because I was really, really committed to that. And you can't miss a day. You have to write for 30 days. And of course, you and I both know it ended up being 60 or 90, but that's, you know, 30 days is it is is the general part of it. And that was the thing that got me to the finish line because I think if you break it up and you take you take five days off or six days off from writing, even that short period of time can throw you right off of your rhythm. And what I learned with the process is you have to go all in on it. And funny enough, there's a chapter in the book relating (laughs) to go all in. You go all in on it. And that's what you kind of need to do. Because for most people, I assume, having never written a book before, you don't know what you're doing and it would be really easy to give yourself a break or to just take a breather. And I believe that's the wrong approach. I think you have to go all in and you got to go all in quickly because if you start overthinking it and you need to, if you spend too much brain energy figuring out why you didn't like that chapter, why you didn't like that word, you're slowing yourself down and you may never reach the finish line. And as you and I talk about, Again, in the book, the finish line becomes a starting line. And there's so much, and you maybe will hear it in this interview. And and if you read the book, that'd be awesome too. There's so much I learned in the writing process that is applicable to everyday life. And it's it's cool. So I not only captured like a legacy for my family, but I've captured what I've learned in this process and just put it into words. Yeah. What's awesome is the book that we we started 
to write together was this book for business and about giving people something to focus on. And you you talked a lot about the, the practices you were developing and even using that challenge, that 30-day challenge as a way to try things. What I loved about the way you orchestrated this book was not only were you writing to your family, but you were writing to yourself and writing to those of us who would listen in. And you you talk a little bit, you answered the things I think you were going to write in the other book, which is ironic because you weren't trying to, you just were being you. And that's the thing I was trying to help you see. It's like, don't push too hard on an idea you think will work. Be the thing you are on the page and we'll get the message. And I'm so excited that you did that because there's so many places in this book where you did what you were trying to do in a more authentic and honest way. Because you were very vulnerable in this book. You you didn't say I'm the perfect father, the perfect spouse, or, the, nope. or that I know what I'm doing. In fact, I don't know much of much, but I know this. Tell us about how you, because when we write, we don't, we don't always get to include everything we put on the page, right? Some things have to go. They just don't fit or they didn't work. Or how did you make the decision of what to put in the book? Because a lot of times it's people, they get stuck with, I don't even, one, I don't know where to start. But then when I start, I don't know if this is the right stuff. So we'll talk about the second version. So once we got the clarity around the path I was going to take, the second version was just free flowing. And I was able to, and I don't know, everybody's experience is different. So I hope I'm not not getting people too excited prematurely. But the second version, once I got the clarity and you guys helped me get the clarity around it, it came and the chapter titles came and it just rolled. Now I was like, it almost felt, I don't want to go too far with it. it. I don't know where it came from. I said that the other day. I think I do, right? I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, right? So I, I think it was driven by a, a somebody beyond me. Like they're my words, but they came from somebody. And so I'm grateful for that because I, I still look at it and go, holy cow, with God's help, this, this, this came. And I'm not supposed to. And I talk about it. I'm not, a, I'm not an author. I failed copy editing in college. And here this thing is. And I say I'm not sure how it got here. But I, I absolutely am sure how it got here. And it is this very, very surreal feeling of like, holy, this is, I don't, it's hard. I, I'm having trouble describing it now because I get emotional about it because I'm like, dead gone. That's real. Here it is. Yeah. I remember when we talked, this is for anyone listening, thinking they'd like to write a book, but they're like, man, do I have it? Hey, we're talking to two people. So Jason failed copy editing in college. I failed freshman English at UCLA. You, you don't necessarily need to be the best writer. The hardest part about writing isn't the grammar, the academic words. It is trusting that you have something to say. And then once you write it, that it's okay that you have to rewrite it. Most people think books are written and that's it. They're actually rewritten. That's where books actually come from. And it just feels like we did something wrong, or maybe this is not good, or maybe I should have started. But I love that you talk about the divine intervention that comes from writing. Whether your muse is in your, your faith is God, or it is some other angelic divine principle, books do come from somewhere. Uh, they're words that are attached to them, but they come from a deeper place because something told you, Jason, I think I want to write a book. That's the seed that comes from the divine. Like Because yeah. no one that starts the journey and finishes a book would go, gosh, I loved it. You love it when you're done. In the middle, you're like, oh my goodness, this is harder than I thought. What, yeah. what sort of reaction. You talked about your kids reading it because I want to hear about this. Yeah. Because you meant to write this for your children. You wanted them to have a legacy. What were their responses? You said you talked about it after they finished. What What did they take away? What did they learn from you that they didn't know before? Well, I've involved them in the 
process a good bit. So we, since I started talking about writing a book, my kids knew we were going to write a book. And part of that was self-accountability because if dad says we're going to do something, we're going to pull something off, we're going to do it. And which is a lesson I want to teach them. But so once we started doing that, they were involved in the whole process. So different spots where I'd be sluggish or down a little bit on the process. They were like, dad, when's the book coming out? Dad, when's the book coming out? So there's like this little punch in the arm. I'm like, all right, if the Martin starts something, we finish it. And um, so let's let's talk about that. And let me show them by example of what we're talking about and how to do things you never thought you could do. This is an example for them to see, hey, dad's now an author. That was cool. He wasn't an author last year. Now he is. And they're seeing it and they're experiencing it. So once I got the book, I assumed that their favorite chapters, and you know, Zul, that there's <laughs> chapters about each of my children in here as well as my dog and, and my wife, who I love very, very much. She's in here too. Everyone gets their own chapter. I thought they would like the chapters about them the most. I thought that would be, that's it. It was quite the opposite. And this is, this is what's so fulfilling is they picked out chapters. Like my son picked out the five gallon bucket, which is how I grew up and in, in working in the inner city with my dad carrying a five gallon bucket and, and complexes in, in DC that you don't want to go into. And he was a plumber and and we um, we go into those buildings. That's how he made a living as a plumber going into scary places. I'll just say it. And so that's called the five gallon bucket. And that was my job to carry the five gallon bucket up the stairs. And my son read that chapter and he's like, I was like, what's your favorite chapter? He's like, dad is the five gallon bucket. And I mm. went, oh man, you got me, man. Like, oh, <laughs> you got me because like, I just want you to know, like hard work is part of this journey in life. And that's the lesson in that chapter. And so he did that. And then my daughter picked out a chapter and, and it wasn't the chapter about her. And my wife picked out a chapter. I was like, what's your favorite chapter, honey? And I wrote about our engagement and where we got engaged and walks with my wife. And, and I'm talking about our family and the entire book. She goes, the chapter on George Bush. And I go, what? what? And the whole book's about you guys. And you pick a chapter on George Bush where I just identified his life lessons for young children. And shared my view on his lessons, which I thought were so true and so simple that I wanted to share it with my kids. And I was like, even, even leaders in the highest position know how to be humble. And these are the lessons they want you to learn. And they're so simple. They're for young children. But boy, we can apply them in life. And so my wife takes what I thought was the simplest chapter in there and identifies it as her favorite. And I, it's a, that was a head scratcher to me, honestly. But so they all grabbed something I didn't think they would grab. And um, it's been, oh man, I'm so, so, so excited. Yeah. When you think about writing a book now, like it's, it's easy to look in hindsight, go, yeah, it's an amazing accomplishment. One, not only to write a book, period, because so few people actually finish a manuscript. So you did that. Not only did you do that once, you did it twice within almost a year. So you wrote two books essentially. And then you published it really within uh, within a year from, you know, let's count where you started this book. You really did do the thing you were trying to do. It's an amazing accomplishment because most people think a book from the time you start to the time you finish takes a long time. And it does to some extent, but imagine that, that a book from manuscript in a traditional sense won't even get in the publishing process. It takes almost two years for it to get published. That's not in counting the writing. So tell us about the writer's journey. Where would you given an author advice during the writer's journey? What words of encouragement would you provide someone who's thinking, I'd like to write a book? And what things can you caution them about? So the words of encouragement I would give, I'll share a quick story about probably about six or seven years ago. And I talk about this in the book as well. 
I took a friend out to lunch who had just written a book and I'm a curious person, right? So somebody does something and I'm curious about it. I reach out and we'll go have lunch. I'll ask them questions. And, and she told me what the writing process was like. And I remember sharing with her, I said, that sounds absolutely awful. That sounds <laughs> like torture. And I walked away from that going, I have zero interest in writing. And we talked about the divine intervention. Then I ended up, my daughter reads a ton and I wanted to teach her how to ask questions of those who, who kind of do what you think you might want to do one day. So we went and interviewed a best, best-selling New York Times author, Mark Batterson, and we interviewed him just so I could teach her how to ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden, like years and years of buildup, all of a sudden, like, I think I want to write a book. So the first advice is when you're, something's whispering to you, something's in your ear, and it's leading you in a direction, don't ignore it. Mm. Just don't ignore it and actually continue to explore it and maybe run towards it because there might be a reason that this is happening to you. And that, that sounds kind of sounds lofty and it may be a little like a little crazy, but it is a little crazy and that's okay. But once you do that and once you commit to it, just hit the finish line. And who cares? Who cares? And you and I talked about this a lot because you're going to have lots of fear spots along the way. There's going to be pit stops. There's going to be stops that you're like, you're going to have self-doubt. I think it's going to happen for everybody writing. I could be wrong. Self-doubt's going to be there. What you're going to teach yourself through this process is how to look at self-doubt, take a glance at it, understand it's there, and then continue to move forward. And that's a skill set that writing can teach you. So take that self-doubt, be aware of it, and then move past it. So you're going to have self-doubt, and you just got to move past it. And the consistency is key. And take this mindset and think about this for a second. Don't have any expectations and don't have any limitations. And let me break that down for you. Don't have expectations that you're going to be a, a New York Times bestseller. I don't want people to add that pressure to themselves. Like yeah. you don't, you don't need that pressure. Like it's not, it's not like anything else you've ever done in your life where you can say, I'm going to do this by the time I'm 30 years. Don't have expectations of what the book's going to become right from the heart and don't put limitations on it. So, and you're going to say, well, wait, you just said no expectations and you're saying don't put any limitations on it. As you know, Azul, we've gone from this is just for my family and that's genuinely all it was. Now I'm not putting any limitations on it and I want to see how far we can run with this thing because I feel like I've got a message I want to put out there to the world. And even at this moment, at the time of this interview, I have no idea where we're going to go with this thing, but I'm not going to put a stop on it. Like mm-hmm. I'm having so much fun. Remember how I said, you got to, you got to run to what's calling you. I'm being called to keep running with this thing. So I'm not going to put on any limitations on what it can become. And simultaneously, I have no expectations. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense or not, but that's how I look at it. And it helps me through the process. No, that's great. I think the idea that it could be whatever becomes big in any way. But if you don't limit yourself to that, great. But if you expect too much of yourself, actually, it can crush you. And I'll, I'll say this, I, the book that I'm working on now that became two books. So just so you know, Jason, I've written this book four times. It's painful. <laughs> I've wanted to quit. I have quit. I'm not going to lie. I've quit twice. In between those two rewrites, I didn't love them. The editors didn't love them. The same thing as this is not a book. Dang it. This is, I thought it was a book. But what I found was that in writing, in putting myself out there, I told a New York Times bestselling author about my book idea. And they, they, I mean, they had two 
two or three New York Times bestselling books. So I was like, that idea is a bestselling book. Let me introduce you to my agent. This is going to be awesome. I hadn't even written the book. I hadn't even, I just kind of threw it out there. I have an idea for a book. Well, that was the thing, probably the best and worst advice I ever got. One, so inspiring that another writer would think that my writing's good, but also crippling because now I had an expectation it had to be a best-selling book. And that's exactly what you said. There it is. Yep. Crippled me. I was like, so I did like any writer uh, would do when they find out something great is going to happen. I avoided it. <laughs> I, uh, I did a TED Talk instead. I took the idea and I did a TED Talk. But what happened is I wrote a proposal. The proposal coach said, this isn't good. You know, I had so many things that got in my way, but the thing that helped me was that I, I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm going to tackle this beast every time it comes up, no matter how many times it takes me, because it's speaking to me. It just is calling to me. It's something Maya Angelou says, and I've quoted her many times on the show, is that you know, there's no greater agony than an untold story inside of you. And I know that if I don't write it, no matter what quality it is to me or what I think it's going to do, it will agonize me. So yep. any of you who have a book in you and know that you need to write it, it's not even the name of the book, the title of the book. Sometimes we get stuck on those ideas, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we can create an agony within us if we don't write it. So if you're listening to this, take Jason's word, set no expectations, but no limitations. Write your book. Don't hold off. Don't wait to someday because someday is only today. There is no other day. Jason, thank you so much for sharing your journey here with us. Thank you for actually being vulnerable enough to tell people that you wrote a book that didn't work. That's hard to say because the pain still shows up and it's a, it's a blessing now because you have a beautiful book now. We want people to know more about you. Of course, we're going to link that up in where it's listed in Amazon. You can get all the book versions there. Where else will they go to learn more about you and connect with you to, to talk more about this idea yep. of writing a book for a legacy? Yeah. So you can go to todayyouchoose.com, todayyouchoose.com. And the, the message behind that is, is quite simple. Yesterday was yesterday and tomorrow will be tomorrow. But what do you choose to do today? And if you have enough of those good days in a row, you pile those up, maybe 30, 40, 60 days. Who knows? You might choose to be an author. So today you choose what? So go to todayyouchoose.com. You can connect with me right there. I'd, I'd love to hear from you guys. And um, yeah, who knows where this thing's going, but we're having a ton of fun. And I'm super grateful for your guidance, Azul, as you know. Yeah, such a pleasure. And that might be another book today. You choose sounds like a great title for a book. And uh, I appreciate you. You're probably thinking things like this. No, I don't want to find any more seats. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. So once you get the author bug, it's sort of it's like the travel bug. It just stays with you. So yep. for better or worse. All right, yep. Jason, this has been awesome. I know you've helped tons of people here. For any of you thinking you're writing a book, today's the day. How do I know? Because you're listening to the show. Because you somehow got connected here. You're tuning in. You're listening about author's journey. Just know they're just like you. They didn't think that they could do it or they didn't know how to start or they didn't know where to go. They just got guidance. And getting guidance is the best thing you can do for yourself. It, it is definitely... I even hire writing coaches to help me because I can't do it on my own. So don't expect that somehow magically you're going to sit down, open a journal and turn it into a book. Do people do it? Sure. But it's a heck of a lot easier to have someone guide you along. So thank you for listening. As always, we hope you leave an honest review, subscribe so you get more of these incredible conversations with amazing authors like Jason. And I can't recommend his book enough. This is your captain speaking. Please, please, please. If you want to write a book about legacy, this is a great book to check into. Thanks again, Jason, for being here. It was a treat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. 
And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.